Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. We are up to episode 69, and what a way to begin 2021 than to have James Muir on with me. He's well known in the PDHPE sphere, and uh, I'm very pleased to have you on, James. Thank you so much for giving up your evening to come and chat with me. Oh, thank you. It's an actually huge honor because I've been listening to your podcast, known you for a while, and you have had two of my educational gurus on, so I feel very intimidated following them, but lovely to be here and so yeah thanks for the opportunity yeah don't, don't be too intimidated by them mate you're, you're an actual <laughs> pra- practitioner you, you're in the classroom every day so yeah you have a you have a bit of a stepping stone ahead of of where they're at most of them are research we're, we're seeing, we're at, this, at this point at this point some of them probably were in the classroom for quite a while beforehand yeah that's true so James, I've got you on here because I want to find out what you think is the most effective strategy for helping create lifelong learners out of our students yeah sure well look I think me and you are on the same page when it comes to how we view education. And so, like, for me, that lifelong learning is just, like, it's critical. I think it's totally um, fundamental to what we're trying to do as educators. So I don't think we're trying to be passive transmitters of information. I think what we're trying to do is inspire kids to want to learn and then to take that with them wherever they go so they can go into the world as better people, hopefully. And, you know, we can have a more socially just world, hopefully, with these kids who are moving forwards. So I guess for me, in that sense, uh, it's about trying to inspire the kids or just trying to engage the kids in learning. So they want to go on and become learners. And I think personally, actually, when I was a school kid, I probably was one of those kids who needed that teacher to do that to me. And so I was, I was pretty, um, I'd say, let's say ratty as a kid when I was at school. And so I, I didn't really get that teacher who inspired me. And so going back into the system was like the last thing I ever thought I would do. And it's the last thing my teachers thought I would do. But I think I come from that perspective where I understand what it's like to be that kid sitting in the class who's just bored, looking out the window aimlessly, dreaming of other things. And so I guess my teaching comes from that sort of standpoint that I'm just trying to get those kids back into the classroom and like make them dream with me in some sense. That's so good, man. You know, actually, teaching was the last job I wanted to do when I was leaving school. Yeah, right. It was the bottom of my list. Actually, <laughs> bottom of my list. And both my parents were teachers. I was like, no, nah, I don't, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I saw how much it ate up their time. They worked so hard. Yeah, well, that bit, uh, that I, that bit I didn't that. realize. But. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't, didn't want a piece of it. But now I, I, can't, I can't get enough of it. I love it. I absolutely love it. Right, exactly uh, the same. So, James, we're trying to get kids motivated. How, how do we do that? How do we get kids motivated and engaged in their learning? Okay, so look, for me, the first thing is they've they've got to want to be at school. And I mean, obviously, subject specific, PDHPE, sometimes we have a huge win. It's easy to get kids involved if they're that sort of kid and they're into sport, etc. But a lot of time I've like my uh, career faced a lot of apathy. And so just trying to get kids beyond the apathy and into wanting to do something has been like basically what I've been trying to do for my the whole of my career. And so the way I do that is just trying to bring the curriculum to life as much as possible. So I, like I would implore anyone to basically go and follow a school kid. So I thought about doing this and trying to get this at our school. But if you think following a school kid for a day, like five hours a day, they just go into a different class every hour. And then what do they do? They just sit there, they get talked to, maybe they watch a video here or there. And I think that would just be so boring. So my biggest thing, I think, that I hope that I bring is that every time they come into my class, it's something completely different to that, what they've done that day. So that's talking about the sort of theory side, obviously. So I'll try and make sure that when they're there, it's just a different experience. 
you know, that's actually quite funny. When I was at uni, one of my assignments that I had to do was I had to follow a kid for a whole day. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. I, I right, just so go ha- around, take notes on them and what they were doing and stuff. And I t- I, it is, it is so boring. I can like, imagine. I was just going around going, man, this is just like teacher talking at you, teacher yeah. talking at you, day, <laughs> you six periods of it or, or you know, however many periods are at your school. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and I think people crazy. forget that when they're like, I know we're all time pressure. We don't have time all the time to organize these fantastic lessons. It's not like I want to do every single lesson, but you've got to think from the kid's perspective. I think like if you want to get kids inspired and engaged in learning, then think about how you like to learn as well. I just, I would not like to sit there for five hours a day and just like, uh, fall asleep. <laughs> all right, Tang. So we get in the motivator. You've got to create something in your lessons to hook them in and engage them. Can you give us some examples of what you do that's different in your classes? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you've mentioned the word hook there, and that's like, that's something I'm, I'm massive on. I didn't realize there's a whole book about the hook. Um, so, Teach Like a Pirate, but I was thinking about hooks long before that, I guess, but that book actually was quite handy. You think about different ways to get kids involved. So, for example, like your basic, uh, so PDH, we do a basic sort of um, party, safe partying unit. So, you could just get the kids in there and talk about their life and how they party but you know that doesn't really get them inspired and want to get them in so what we've done in the past is we've taken the kids into the drama space we've held a rave i'm the dj i've got the tunes pumping i've taken the the drama kids from that particular cohort so we have the whole grade in there having a rave we take the drama kids from that cohort we give them a special mission so they don't tell anyone what they're doing so they have a few scenarios that they act out so things that we might see that might happen at a party so for example like a, a boy and a girl having or like a a couple having a fight and then we just see how the other kids react and we have kids you know passing out things things like that so um at the end of that lesson we just have we have the debrief and say okay this is what was happening in the lesson we saw how you responded and then then i think the next part is about giving kids a little bit of ownership about what they want to learn so like we say okay how many of those things were kind of realistic to your life how many of those things do you think might happen or have happened you know where do we want to explore after this and so First of all, we get the hook and then we try and give the kids like a little bit of agency over what they're going to learn. And um, we find that like hopefully, hopefully for most of the kids that actually really gets them involved and suddenly they're like, okay, yeah, this, I can see how this is relevant to my life now. Yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that you've got a, not only you creating that hook, but it's even a cross-disciplinary type hook where you get your yeah, exactly. yeah, involved yeah. and they're doing that. And you could, yeah, there's music, there's dance, there's all kinds of stuff happening in, a, in that kind of scenario. Um and I love, I love how that's going to then relate to to their life, hopefully, at some point. I mean, maybe they're not all going to be at a rave, but they'll all be at oh, some kind of party yeah, where things yeah. are happening at some point in their life. So what else do we do? How does this work? How does this actually then help them to become a lifelong learner? So even if we hook them in and we get them engaged, how does that then affect them lifelong? Okay, so what we're trying to do, I guess, essentially is make them see the relevance and the meaning in their life. And so it's like about finding those, those little little bits um little bits of inspiration that the kid's going to go you know what if that did happen to me here what what's the path what's the path um, to um sort of help extrapolate that for them it's about using those like those open-ended questions so like let's say it's like it's just drug taking or something like that and like the scenario happened at the party we talk about well why did you choose to take what was happening from the the student drama student and then obviously it's a fake scenario but we can start putting that layers onto real life okay so in real life what what's, what would you do then and then hopefully by then you've got them thinking okay well if this was a real life scenario actually i need to find out if i just got given something by someone i didn't know what it was what would i do what's my next step and so hopefully then you've got them 
kind of got the hook in where they're going to go, I want to go away and actually research something. So I heard like, you know, there's this thing called uh, MDMA. There's this thing called ice. I don't exactly know what it is. Let me go away and look and see what it actually does to me. So rather than me being there to say, okay, well, this is ecstasy. This is ice. This is heroin, whatever it is. These are illicit drugs. These are what they do. And kids just they go, yeah, whatever. You know, I know more about this than you, sir. Then hopefully you've put the onus back on them and they're like, actually, you know what? I think I know a little bit about it, but I need to go and find out some more. And so then that hopefully gets taken forward. And I guess like in our lesson sequence, the next logical step is like, rather than just talking about drug facts is about, okay, well, what happens if one of your friends gets in this situation? What are we going to do then? And so then we're trying to go, okay, well, actually this stuff actually means something to me because it could help me and my friends when we're in this situation. Okay, so, sir, I want to find out a little bit more about first aid in this situation. What would I do if someone got really drunk and was throwing up? What would I do if someone took this and, like, I didn't know, like, am I allowed to phone the ambulance? Those sort of things. So they start asking me questions. And um, that hopefully puts them down the path of wanting to find out more and more and more. Yeah. I think before we started this podcast, you were talking about the idea of provocations. And I guess in one yeah. sense, your hook and that whole curiosity aspect is, is in essence, the provocation because you're looking to really provoke them to then be curious and stimulate their own questions and go and do their own inquiry and research process. Even if it's just yeah, going and asking their parents, you know, it doesn't have to be yeah. that they jump on the internet straight away. It could just be on the car ride home. They just go, oh, mum, we were talking about this. We did this kind of pretend rave thing at school and, uh, and then they get that conversation happening and then they're learning from their parents as well. Uh, so I, I can see that's really, yeah, that provocation aspect to it is I think what's really going to hook them in for creating that curiosity, which is what you want. You, you're really developing that, I think, with what you're doing there uh, as the students then go yeah, back I think home you're, I and, think you're right. and do that. Yeah, that's, I think, you know, you're spot on. That's like, that is what, that's what's really important to me. And we actually did a PD about this recently about what is deep learning. And from my point of view, curiosity is like the driver of deep learning. If you can't get a kid curious, then, you know, you're going to lose the battle, I think, to get them learning in a deep and meaningful way. So yeah, if somehow as a teacher, I've got to facilitate that curiosity. How do I get these kids curious? How can I get them to want to find things out? And like one of the things I really love in my class is like I try to tell the kids, I want you to give me like a, an oh my God moment or did you know, sir, moment. And so the onus is on them to try and tell me something I don't know. So they're going to try and teach me something. So that I think that kind of breeds a bit of excitement as well. Like, oh, sir, did you know this? I'm like, yep, knew that. Oh, they go away, look again, like find something else out. So that kind of breeds a bit of excitement within the classroom as well when we're doing that stuff like that. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. So you know you've been listening for a while so the, the way we end the podcast yep. is basically you know, i want to get you to give the people who are listening something they can do this week i mean granted this is probably going to be january they may not quite be in class yet but yep. what can they use yeah they might listen to it not not straight away they might listen to it in a couple of weeks when they're back at school what can they do this week going into their class to really develop that curiosity in their students and remember you know, they're not all pe we're not chucking raves everywhere <laughs> No, that's true. We can't. <laughs> the rave is a one-off thing. But there's lots more opportunities to do that. So I guess the, the answer to your question is it's about looking through, um, if we go from a content sort of focus, if we got feel like there's stuff we have to teach, well, do we really have to teach that? How, what, what can we look at in what we are meant to or uh, bound to teach by the curriculum that we have that we can pique someone's curiosity? And so then I'm looking at like um, – what is the context for my students? So think about carefully about your school and your own context because, you know, 
it's going to be different for everybody. I'm going to find that bit of content and go, well, how do I present this bit of content in a way that's not me sitting down and talking to someone? So I guess that's the thing that I would try and uh, ask teachers to do, to look through all of their previous lessons, their previous units, and just say, okay, well, if this is where I usually talk to someone, what's a different way that I could present this where actually I get the kids hooked into curiosity? So how do I make it mystifying and mystical um, and then want them to explore it a bit more? which is not easy, but once you get your, in that frame of thinking, I think it becomes kind of routine for you. Like it's a thinking disposition that you kind of do as a, a, a program planning, a unit planning or a lesson planning tool. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on, James, and sharing your wisdom. You have a lot of experience that you're bringing together here. And you know, we were chatting about books that we've read before. And actually, you mentioned Teach Like a Pirate uh, as we were chatting then. It's actually on yeah, the ATSL yeah. uh, or ASA or whatever it is, uh, reading, the top 10 reading list for the, for the summer holidays for teachers. It's number oh, is one. Oh, it really? Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I looked oh, down, I said, wow, I just, number yeah, one. <laughs> it, <laughs> Great it's worth reading. Yeah. It's worth reading. Like, it, it's, yeah, exactly. And he, oh, I can't remember what his author's name is, but he has lots of really good ideas about what you can do to go into your classroom just to make it. And that's, I think, going back to the first point is how can you make your class different from the class they've just had previously, previously, previously? How are you yeah. going to make your class more interesting? Yeah. Is that Dave Burgess, I think? is the Dave right Burgess, that's the way. That's a yeah, guy. Yeah. I knew you know. yeah. he's a big. He's very big in America. <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing one of his um, uh, talks where he like, yeah. does some magic at the start. It's very good. Well... For everyone who's listening, if you would like to come over and grab the show notes, you can grab the transcript and all that kind of stuff. There'll also be links to you know, the books that we've mentioned and a few other places as well. I might even leave links to uh, Trevor McKenzie's stuff on inquiry-based learning because he's really big on using provocations as well. Uh, so head on over. The link is teacherspd.net slash 69. I would love to see you there, but otherwise I'll chat to you again next week.